Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each one of us. Peace be with you. Friends, on this second Sunday of Lent, we continue our meditation on some of the most basic truths of biblical religion. Our first reading consists of the first four verses of the 12th chapter of Genesis, and it's a pivotal passage. Can I invite everybody, take out your Bibles and um, open up to that 12th chapter, because as I'll explain, it's the account of how God commences the great rescue operation. But let's go back to where we were last week. As Lent commenced, we looked at that familiar material from the third chapter of Genesis, dealing with the original blessing and the original sin. We saw that God intended life and life to the full for his human creatures, giving them practically free reign over the Garden of Eden. And I said last week that we so rush to the prohibition that we forget this enormous, extraordinary permission. The only prohibition he set was against the eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I argued last week, this means they were not to make of themselves the criterion of right and wrong. Now, they fell precisely in the measure that they stopped listening to the voice of God and listened instead to the voice of the tempter and the voice of their own desires, fundamentally the desire to make of themselves the criterion of good and evil. They were indeed disobedient, but don't think of this along the lines of a, of a little child's disobedience, but rather as a refusal properly to listen. To listen more precisely to a higher voice. Let me say that again. The refusal to listen to a higher voice, the voice of God summoning us beyond what we can aspire to or imagine. Our own desires lead to the buffered self, the self that's buffered from any contact with the transcendent. Our own desires lead us to what the spiritual teachers call the pusilla anima, the little soul. You know, that little space of what I can imagine and think and desire. How boring. Listening to God is to move into the infinitely wider space of the magna anima, right? The great soul, the big soul. 
listening to one's own voice, I don't care how cool you seem in the eyes of the world, but listening to one's own voice always amounts to playing it safe. Listening to God's voice, that's always an invitation to adventure. You know, friends, that's a way to read the whole Bible, I think. The Bible is indeed an adventure book. Where's the adventure come from? Obedience. Listening to a higher voice. Summoning us beyond this little narrow world that we're in. I always think of, I've said it before, but uh, Tolkien, who is deeply uh, marked by the Bible, and Bilbo and Frodo have to leave their safe space of the Shire to go on adventure. They're called by a higher voice to this new vocation. Well, see, that's, that's what the Christian life's all about, is to leave behind the little safe, narrow space of my own imaginings and go on adventure following God. Now, having seen all this, Read the chapters in Genesis that immediately follow the account of the fall. So that's in chapter 3. Now read uh, the rest of 3, then 4 through 11. And what do we hear? We hear in beautifully encapsulated form all the permutations and combinations of sin. What happens when we stop listening to God? So we find the story of Cain and Abel. What follows from this disobedience? Jealousy, rivalry, hatred, cruelty, murder. We hear the story of Noah and the ark. What's that? But the pervasiveness of sin. How sin is like a contagion. You know, it begins very small, but it very quickly can spread through an entire community, indeed covering the whole world. The, the floodwaters of, the, of the, that story, well, they're meant to evoke the tohu vabohu, that's the primal watery chaos at the beginning of creation, out of which God brings order, right? But the tohu vabohu returns through sin. We also hear about the Tower of Babel, Remember, they're building this great tower up to the heavens. They're going to rival God. They're all going to work together. What's that? Cultural arrogance. Imperialism. Human pride. Look at our technology, what we can do. What we find beautifully expressed in those stories, and we can unpack them much more, of course, what sin begins to look like inside and outside, in the heart and in the wider society, indeed the whole world. That's the Noah story. The Bible is remarkably clear-eyed, isn't it, about this? It's not making excuses. It's not, it's not trying to puff us up. I mean, it's real clear about what happens when we fall into disobedience. Okay, but now we come, and I did this to prepare us for the reading for today. Now we come to chapter 12 of Genesis. What we see here now is the beginning of God's great rescue operation. Remember, God does not want us 
stuck in sin. He wants us fully alive. He's angry, but not like he's falling into a snit. He's angry because he's frustrated at our our uh, uh, lack of 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 life. And so he launches a rescue operation. Now I'm I'm going to anticipate here a little bit. It's called the people Israel. How beautiful that God is going to form a people. I mean, could God set things right just sort of from the outside, just get it done? Well, I suppose, but it's the mark of the biblical God that he always wants us involved. He wants to effect his salvation, but with our cooperation. And so he's going to form a holy people, Israel, after his own heart and mind, so that they might become a new healthy contagion, if you want that from Israel would spread God's way of thinking, God's way of being, God's way of acting. They would become, to shift the metaphor to Isaiah, they become a light to the rest of the world. Chapter 12, as our reading for today, tells us how this whole thing started. It begins with the choice, and how typically biblical this is, of this one simple man, Abram from Ur of the Chaldees. How come he chose him? Pfft, who knows? And that's part of the biblical, <laughs> biblical purpose. Who knows? He certainly wasn't grand in the eyes of the world. I mean, God could have chosen some major military or political or cultural figure. He, he wasn't that. And also, he was by no means young. We hear he's already a man of 75 years when God calls him. Now, granted, the, the Bible has this kind of longer sense of life, but still, you're 75 and you're just getting started with your mission? But God calls him. Listen, go forth from the land of your kinsfolk and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Now, here's everybody, one of the most important lines of the Bible. Abram went as the Lord directed him. In that little phrase, we find what makes all the difference. The trouble began when human creatures refused to listen to the divine command. The solution begins when one human being, do you see here how he's a kind of new Adam? When one human being listens. Mind you, everything in Abram undoubtedly wanted to stay just where he was. And trust me when I tell you, the older I get, the more I understand this. Look, he had livelihood, family, friends, uh, familiar surroundings, and he was an old man. I'm sure every instinct in him said, stay, don't follow this crazy voice. But he listened not to the needs and wants of his ego, but rather to the voice of a higher power. And everybody, this higher power called him on an adventure. Like Bilbo and Frodo, come on, get up, leave the shire, leave the comfort. I get it. It's a comfortable place. But leave it. You know, um, Jordan Peterson reflects a lot on on these biblical stories and on on the hero stories and finds a similar rhythm is the hero always has to leave the familiar and venture into the unfamiliar 
and thereby make it familiar. So to expand the realm of, of comfort. But the hero is always called onto an adventure into something more dangerous. There's Abram. Come on, get up, follow me to a land that I will show you. I love this. Centuries after Abram, St. Paul, his spiritual descendant, could say to the Ephesians, there's a power already at work in you that can do infinitely more than you can ask or imagine. The implied message, trust it. Trust it. So I say to everyone listening to me right now, there's a power already at work in you beyond your ego, beyond what your little dreams are, that can do infinitely more than you can ask or imagine. Trust it. Listen to it. Come on, let's go on an adventure. Leave, leave what you're familiar with. Leave the settled ways, which are probably the settled ways of sin, and go on an adventure. I'll close with this, uh, and, and let me preface it by saying, believe me when I tell you that, that I'm no uh, hero, spiritual or otherwise. But it's the text from today's reading that echoed most powerfully in my own mind when I was named a bishop now four years ago and sent to the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, about which I knew practically nothing. Where I had no personal connections, where I had no friends, I was compelled to leave everything and everybody I knew, to leave everything familiar to me, and go to a land that the Lord would show me. And so this is the text that, as I say, echoed in my mind and heart a lot when I first came out here. Um, I'd been preaching this stuff for a long time. <laughs> I suddenly realized, I guess I have to live it. Um, because, you know, as a Catholic priest, my conviction is that when the call comes from the Pope to do this, well, that's the voice of God. And I could have said no. I mean, that's an option open to you. And, and I, I would have been safer, certainly, more comfortable. Uh, but there's the permanent spur of the Bible is when you listen to the higher voice, you quell the voice of your own ego and desire and you go on adventure. Then you become a member of the family of Abraham. We call him our father in faith, don't we? It's very important, isn't it? The sin is a kind of faithlessness. It's a refusal to trust, a refusal to listen. Faith is an openness. It's a willingness to listen. Okay, I'll go. When you do that, you become a member of this family of Abraham. You become part of the solution that God continues to propose to a sinful world. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.